To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, it says. And we're going to read that in just a second. But when you're born, you're born with a spirit. Your spirit is headed the wrong direction. And it actually is a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of slavery. It's a spirit of addiction. You can be addicted to pornography. You can be addicted to drugs. You can be addicted to yourself. And selfishness is that root thing that needs to be crushed. Because selfishness and righteousness can't exist in the same person. It can't. If the spirit of the Lord is there and the fear of the Lord comes to dwell upon you. Can you guys hear me? It is so important that we come into union and communion with the Holy Spirit. We are supposed to know the love of the Father. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are supposed to have a communion. A communion with the Holy Spirit. Which means my spirit and Holy Spirit become one spirit. Where I can commune with Him every day, all day long. People think it's weird. I'm on planes and I'm talking to somebody. And I'm sharing with them about God. I'm sitting there talking to a man the other day. We're sitting on a plane. I'm riding a lot. 400,000 miles a year. That's a lot of miles. But everybody on that plane is trapped with me. Because I am possessed with the right spirit. See... You didn't, you weren't given in 2 Timothy 1.7 a spirit of fear. But when you get born again, you have the spirit of love and power and a sound mind. So the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. But that sound mind only comes because you spend time in the truth and in the word to renew your mind. So that your mind doesn't think like the world anymore. You can go to church for 50 years. You can be a Christian for 40 years and be a good person. But this Bible isn't for good people. This Bible is for people who have left the reality of what it means to be born in sin. And they become born again unto the Lord. You cannot have a relationship with the author of this book until you surrender your life completely to the author and finisher of your faith, Jesus Christ. Are you guys out there? I see everybody up here clapping. You guys are kind of looking at me like a horse at a new gate. Like a deer in the headlights. All right, let's open this. Are you ready? Okay, I'm just going to read a little bit. And then we're going to go after this thing. And I'm going to promise this. I promise freedom. Because see, after 22 years of addiction and atheism and anger and hatred. And it was being all about me all the days of my life. And all I did was manipulate, maneuver, lie. I was addicted to pornography. That thing can be cut off. That thing can be killed. Because pornography is a devil. Listen, I know people that rescue children from the sex trafficking industry. And let me just paint a picture for you guys. The youngest prostitute, full-time prostitute they've rescued is three years old. It is disgusting, but it happens. So how dark do you really want to see? See, that whole pornography of looking at books, looking at pages, and thinking it's okay. God did not make you that way. God did not create you that way. Sin and the fall of man put that thing in you. Adam fell. So we inherited that thing when we were born into this world. And all of us were born in sin. But when you get born again, that sin nature 
has to go. The sin nature has to go. People are like, well, no, you can never be free. You're wrong. Either Jesus Christ is right or we're wrong. That doesn't mean that you never miss it. But that means that your habitual nature to want to miss it gets cut off because the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death has been crushed in your life. And the law of life in Christ Jesus has entered into you. Everybody's going to die one day, but not everybody truly lives. And when you find out who Jesus really is, you find something that's worth dying for. And everybody's, look, Muslims and the nation of Islam and ISIS will die for a God that doesn't exist. And Christians are afraid. We fear. And there's no fear in love because the perfect love of God casts out all fear. When you know that you're perfectly loved by the Father. I mean, what other God in the world has come and humbled himself as a man and come and bled and died and died a sinner's death on a tree so that he could come and make his home inside of you? What other God? None. There's no other name. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name. Is Jesus there is no fear in love but it's not the love of the world there's lots of people that are involved in new age and all kinds of different things well love 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 no love doesn't seek its own love keeps no record of wrongs that's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 that old things have passed away because when you come to Jesus he doesn't just forgive your sin he washes your sin away as though it never existed and the handwriting of requirements against you it says in the book of Colossians that it was nailed to the tree and completely wiped out so in the eyes of the Father you're clean But if you're not born again, you're not clean. Well, I don't really believe that. If you read your Bible, you would. The Bible is the only resource that we really need. I understand books. I get it. But I need to know the author of this book. Because Jesus says that this word is all inspired by God. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It's all inspired by God it's breathed by God lots of people won't read this book because they can't get it with their brain the great news is is that this Bible is not meant for your brain it's meant for your heart because your heart can take you places that your brain can never fit look when you have a baby and a baby has a pacifier like our son he's two he still has a passy when we went to rehab with him he had to be on methadone to get free from heroin Because he was born addicted in 24 hours, the one we adopted. He's manifesting, shaking and trembling. If you could see it and how horrible it really is. And without Jesus, I don't know how we would have made it. But he had to have a pacifier because he had to grit his teeth and, and, and clench down. And then he had to be able to soothe himself. Let me tell you something. That There are many Christians that are Christians for years and years and years. And I know there's a point where... Where Azariah, that's our boy's name, he's two, he just turned two, he was born on Father's Day of 2016. He's amazing. (laughs) 
amazing. But there's a point where that pacifier doesn't work anymore. And the problem is, is that we've got a lot of Christians that are still on a pacifier. I'm not talking about just a couple. I'm talking about the majority of people won't feed on the very thing that helps you grow. And they feed on a message on Sunday or they feed on a YouTube video. Or they feed from someone else's book, but they haven't come into relationship with the author. The only way that you can make it through this life is you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And Romans 12.1 says, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Which means your life doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to Him. And it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can approve what God's will is and you know what God's will is not. The Bible says that the weapons in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4, the weapons that you and I have are not carnal and are not of this world. They are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds it says that the weapons that we have and the weapons that he's speaking about is the word of God that is alive and sharp and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword living and powerful Hebrews 4 11 sharp living powerful able to divide our soul from our spirit which means your soul your mind your will and emotions the way that seems right to a man the way that you grew up with the way that you think the way that you used to think because it says the way that seems right to a man leads to death there is a way that seems right to a man and it looks like it seems like it smells like because everybody else is doing it when you get born again it's not you you're not everybody else you're not just somebody you're part of his body and he changes the way that you think and he starts to renew you in the spirit of your mind and you start to not be conformed to people's standards you start to come up higher and when God says come up higher, it means sink down lower. It means that you spend time on your knees and you spend time with the Father. And you open up that book and you say, God, I don't understand what this means, but I want you to teach me. If you father me, I'll listen. God's crying out. We don't need a move of God that ends in adultery. We don't need a move of God that ends in embezzlement. We don't need a move of God that ends. God wants to raise up a holy, fearless, royal priesthood, a holy generation set apart to do the works of God. And I'm not just here to cheer you on or be a motivational speaker, man. Because I was lost. And God found me in a pit. And none of you witnessed to me. And none of you shared your faith with me. Nobody, nobody shared. It took me getting shot at to meet Jesus. People were like, man, that guy's, he's just out of his mind. No, I'm not. I'm out of yours. I am not out of my mind. I am thinking with the mind of Christ. I am not lost. I have been found by the master. And he's changed my life. For we know that if this earthly tent, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which is our house is torn down, then we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Which means when I leave this earth, when I put off this tent, I'm going to go be with my Father. 
There's not a question. There's not a maybe. There's nothing. I am. Because God says there's only one way and his name is Jesus. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. And as much as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed while we're in this tent we groan, being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed but to be clothed. So that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave us his spirit as a pledge. People are afraid of the Holy Spirit. And he's the pledge of God. He's your inheritance. God has an inheritance in the saints. His name is Holy Spirit. But you have to offer your body and you have to offer your life. You don't belong to you anymore. If you said yes to Jesus, your life isn't yours. It's been purchased with a price. It's not just been purchased with silver or gold. The Bible says it's been purchased with the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, having been always of good courage, and knowing that we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Meaning when I'm here, I'm not there. Does that make sense? See, the Lord didn't pay a price for you to just pray some prayer and disappear. See, we are to be an overcoming, overcoming generation that is filled with the power of the King of glory. Jesus is King, and He wants us to know Him more than yesterday. I need you more. More than words can say. We sing that and we cry and we worship. But are we doing it? Therefore being of courage to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We're of good courage, say, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Listen to this scripture right here. This is amazing to me. It says, therefore, we also have as our ambition, which is our number one drive. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is a man named Paul. Paul was persecuted more than any other man, it says, other than Jesus when he was shredded on that tree. And Paul still endured and pressed forward because he saw it. And the reason why Jesus hung on that tree, because he knew that you were the joy set before him. So he pursued the cross because he knew that when he got to that cross... When it was finished, he would have a completely different breed of man and woman, son and daughter on this earth. They would become new creations where the Spirit of God that was with the disciples, the one that he said is with you. But he said, don't worry, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will send another. And his name is Holy Spirit. And he's the one that comes and empowers you. You think this Christian life is possible without him. You're wrong. You have to have him for everything. And we can have boldness to approach his throne in time of need. And when's the last time you didn't need Jesus? We have as our ambition, whether here or there, to be pleasing to him. Let me explain to you. For you to be pleasing here. See, this life is a dressing room for eternity. I need you to hear me. What you do here. See, people are like, well, you know what? I've passed judgment. I've passed this. No, you did. If you're a Christian, you passed the great white throne judgment because the great white throne judgment is where unbelievers are going to enter in to a life of eternal separation and condemnation, condemned forever. That's what it says. But there's another judgment seat, and that is for Christians. This is one that you and I will face. All of us will face this. 
no matter what. People are like, no, I passed from that. No, no, no. I'm promising you. This is scripture. This is New Testament. We have as our ambition, whether home or absent, to be pleasing for him. For you and I must all appear, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds done in the body, according to what he's done, whether good or bad. I want you to hear me. It says that you and I must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or or bad we live our lives pleasing to him here so that when we stand before him we're pleasing to him there it says therefore knowing the terror of the Lord wait a minute I thought that God is good no God's goodness provokes the fear of the Lord to be your ambition Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, and we are manifest to God. And I hope that we're manifest also to your consciences. We are not again commending ourselves, but are giving you an occasion to be proud of us, so that we will have an answer to those who take pride in their appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it's for God. If we are sound minded, it's for you. For the love of Christ controls us, or the love of Christ compels us. That if one died... One died for all, therefore all died. That he died for all so that those that live, this is you, this is me, might no longer live for themselves, but for the one that gave himself. Therefore, from now on, we we recognize nobody according to the flesh, even though we have known Jesus Christ according to the flesh. From now on, we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anybody be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I have a story for you. It'll take me a couple minutes. Are you ready? Yeah. By the way, fringe stage, 2 o'clock. And Woods 1 area, we're doing a 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock session. If you'll come, it's not on the schedule, but we're doing it. Which is going to equip believers to be able to share their faith. If you'll come to Woods 1. Friday and Saturday, 12 to 1. Lunchtime. Nothing's happening. All right. Are you ready? This is a story. It's about a man that owned a house. This man, this wealthy man, he owned this house. And it was an amazing house. And it had 10 rooms in it. And then these 10 rooms were empty, except they were his things. And one day he heard a knocking at the door. And the knocking at the door sounded like this. It was pretty loud. So he goes to the door. Who could be pounding on my door? He opens the door, and the devil puts his elbow in the door. And the man's like, whoa, hey, you're not allowed in here. And the devil put his knee in the door. And then he wedged himself in, and he threw the man around the house and beat the man unmercifully. See, this man had no relationship with God. He just had a house. So the devil ransacked the house, turned the furniture over, ripped the pictures off the wall. And in the morning, the devil snuck out the door. The man's sitting in the house, beat up, bruised up, sitting on his couch. All of a sudden, he hears another knock. 
but it's not the same kind of knock. And when he comes to the door, he looks and he sees that it's not the devil. And Jesus says, I'm Jesus. Can I come in? The man said, oh, please do. You're not going to believe what happened to me. All night long, the devil was in my house and he was beating me and throwing me around the house. And there's nothing that I could do. <laughs> Will you stay here? Of course. The man says, you know, I want to give you my master bedroom. It's the nicest bedroom in the house. It has a view of the lake. You have my master bathroom. Even the closet is big enough. I heard you like to be in the closet, Jesus. You can have the whole room. It's yours. Because I will stay in the rest of the house. But the devil might be back, so I need you to beware. He said, thank you very much. Jesus walks upstairs, goes into the master bedroom. The man thinks that everything's okay. He thinks that everything's okay. See, the man's been wrapped up in religion, but he doesn't know Jesus. So Jesus is up in the room, and there's another terrible knocking. And the man comes, and he goes to the door, and he's wondering where Jesus is, and he opens it a little bit. Bam! The devil comes back in and slams him all around the house, ransacks the house, and the man is beat up again. So in the morning, the devil sneaks out, and all of a sudden, Jesus comes down the stairs. The man goes, where have you been? Jesus said, I've been in the room that you gave me. And the man says, well, the devil came and did the same thing. Well, sir, you've given me one room. And the devil says, or, or Jesus says to him, he goes, I've been where you gave me. And the man said, oh, gosh, why didn't I think of this? Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you all five rooms upstairs. It's all yours, the whole half of the house. I'm keeping the bottom. You can have the top. Is that better? Jesus said, of course it's better. So the man goes and he sits down. And he's in his bedroom, downstairs, the spare. He's in the bedroom and he hears a knocking. Again, another knocking. And he goes down to the door. And he knows Jesus is in the house, so he's got a little bit of pride going. He knows that Jesus is there. He's obviously going to defend him. So the man goes and opens the door a tiny bit, just crack. Bam! The devil comes in, smashes him again. All the way through the house. Boom, 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 boom. They don't go upstairs, but in through the house. Bang. So Jesus comes down after the devil leaves. He comes in, and the man is sitting, ransacked again. Pictures are broken, everything smashed up. And Jesus comes downstairs. The man says, where have you been? I gave you half of my house. What are you doing? Jesus said, sir, I've been where you gave me. And the man says, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? See, he's having trouble surrendering. So he says, you know what I'm going to do? He goes, I'm going to give you the whole house, but I'm going to keep one room. See, there are things in that room that you wouldn't like. But I'm going to keep this one room. There are things that are hidden in there. I'm not, I'm not ready to give this room up. But, but you can have all the other rooms, okay? So the man was like, okay. All right. Jesus walks into one of the rooms, and he hears a terrible knocking. Again. And all of a sudden... He goes to the door. Jesus is in the house. He doesn't know where he's at, but he's there. So he opens the door. The devil, boom, pummels him. He's wrestling around. He takes him into that one room, and he's beating him off the walls. And he can't get out. And he's there, and he's trapped. And the devil leaves, and he walks right out of the house. So the man's beat up in the room. Jesus comes to the door. Sir? He says, yeah, I can't. What is happening right now? Jesus said, you know, I have a better idea. 
He goes, why don't you give me the keys to the house? And I'll let you live here. It's called full surrender. So the man gives him the keys. He goes, take it. I don't care. I can't do this anymore. And he's beat up. Just like a lot of Christians that never fully surrender and never give their life fully. They always have that one room that they don't want Jesus in. But I'll promise you, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will thump you and take away life from you. So the devil comes to the door again. Pounds on the door. Jesus is behind the man. The man's shaking. He goes to the door. He puts his hand on the knob. And Jesus goes, step aside, please. This is my house. Jesus doesn't peek out the door. You see, he's not a peeker. He opens the door. The devil goes, he looks at the number. He looks at Jesus. He looks again. Scratches his head. He backs away. And he says, obviously I have the wrong house. My time is up. I have one minute. I'm going to ask you right now. If you haven't fully surrendered to Jesus. And you would like to give him all the rooms. I need you to stand up right now. Stand up if that's you. Please don't be the one that wants to hold on to your trash. Stand up if you want to give your everything to him. Please stand up. If it's you, I need you to stand up. If you want to hold on to your life and hold on to that room then don't think it's weird that the devil is stomping you and taking life away from you. I'm asking for full surrender. Jesus doesn't want some, he wants all. So if that's you, and you'd like to surrender all to Jesus, then please stand. Lift your hands like this. He is Lord and King. He is Lord and King. Just say this with me, Lord Jesus. Right now, I surrender every room in my house to you. And I'm asking you to come. Forgive me of my sin. Clean my house. I surrender and give my life to you. Jesus, you are Lord. Today, I have given it all to you. I am born again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'll see you guys at Fringe Stage at 2. We will be praying for healing. I love you guys.